next on BYU Sports Nation, do you expect BYU football to beat UCLA? Why or why not? Hashtag most overhyped team in America. We go two-on-one with BYU football's smiling power punch of a linebacker, Butch Pau, and the always entertaining Jack DeMooney. Oh, he does a Jack DeMooney backflip on camera. Plus, BYU women's soccer climbs a spot in the top ten. Head coach Jennifer Rockwood on live. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, September 14th, wherever and however you're dialed in. It's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Top Button Elitist. Jerem Jordan. Yes, Spencer. The top button means I am better than you. Yes. <laughs> you almost didn't make it into complete uniform before the show. I need to talk about that. <laughs> it's game time. The ball's kicked off. As long as the top button is done, the is tipped. when the red when okay, the red listen, light goes on, we're listen, good. Listen, this this shirt is kind of tight. Okay, so so if mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. bow out in the third segment, you know why? Because not all of my shirts are the same tightness up top okay this is and it's not just a shirt it's a lifestyle spencer yes the top button spencer (laughs) there's gonna be a documentary someday (laughs) listen uh tanner mangum has joined me there are a lot on the top button train in fact it's (laughs) funny because parents whose kids button up to the top button after watching the show they'll tweet me photos of this which is hilarious parents of their kids yeah, the parents of kids who do this. Okay, so not yeah. parents, just just kids. No, the kids don't tweet me. The parents. I tweet know. Me. I'm saying yeah. the kids. You're you're setting the trend for the kids. Yeah, the kids. Yeah, the parents. They're done. <laughs> they're set in their ways. The kids. They're malleable. Are you displaying your midlife crisis through a top button? I don't have a midlife crisis. <laughs> it's like it's like. Do you have a midlife crisis? If you deny you have a midlife crisis, it, when I was in Scouts, they said, "Oh yeah." If you den- the first sign of uh, hypothermia is denial, and I thought that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. What if you really don't have it? You're like, I don't have it, I promise. And they're like, he definitely has it because he just <laughs> denied that he has it. What? Well, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. That's exactly right, Dave Rose. <laughs> Dave doesn't get it either. Oh my goodness. Let's tie- Let's make some sense on this show, shall we? Last night I on the did. Kalani Satake coaches so. <laughs> he said he wants to be the Polynesian Lavelle. I want to be the white Kalani Satake. <laughs> so give me a ball cap. I'll get the eyes going. It'll be awesome. Oh what I think he means by that is he wants to be here forever. Of course. He wants to stay here for a long time. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing to say two games in, right? He's happy. I know he loves it here. And I, I love that Kalani Satake is here. Is there a dude that loves BYU right now more than Kalani Satake? Tough to find. If he's saying stuff like that, me. Holy cow. I've been here. I love it. Here are today's BYU Sports Station headlines. I here. Okay. <laughs> you you, lo- you asked the question. I, I I'm not, it. You think you love BYU more than Kalani Satake? It's a tie. We'll arm wrestle. Okay. Here are today's BYU Sports Station headlines. Today is day three of the preparation for football, BYU football, that is, as they open up. Against UCLA, at home, countdown to kickoff live at 9 Eastern. It clapped them. The men's basketball team. Why? You will win. Yeah. 
The men's basketball team will open the season on Monday, November 14th against Princeton, Spencer. Oh, man. Oh. The BYU-Hawaii game will now uh, be an exhibition game, by the way, on November 9th. Uh, so you can have 31 regular season games. BYU, when, added, when they added Princeton, had to pull one off the regular season. So BYU-Hawaii is now an exhibition. So I believe they're playing three exhibition games, if I'm uh, correct on that. Yeah, work out the kinks. Be ready to go against Princeton. <laughs> BYU women's soccer up to number six in the NSCAA poll. The Cougars play at Utah State Saturday. Head coach Jennifer Rockwood will join us in 40 minutes. They're ranked number six, and wow. it is early. Wow. Okay, remember they lost to Nebraska? They've been in fuego since then. Jen Rockwood will tell us what happened. Five what to happened two in- against Tennessee. Two to nothing against Utah. Three to nothing against Ohio State. It's- They're kicking butt, man. And taking names. It's great. It's great. Hey, men's golf had their first competition, their first tournament of the season. They won the USF Olympic Intercollegiate Championship. I don't know what the Olympics have to do with this. Freshman Rhett Rasmussen led the team with a one-under third-place finish. Rhett Rasmussen comes in and beats Patrick Fishburne, who's really good, in his first tournament. That's awesome. All BYU golf. Dude, BYU golf is on the rise. Both the men and the women. Seriously. Okay, the women made the NCAA championships. The men, it looks like they're making a move as well. Let's go. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Eight clap for a BYU win. UCLA and BYU will meet for the 12th time on Saturday. A sneaky good matchup in the late window of Saturday's college football rundown. Neither team ranked but both certainly capable of a top 25 designation moving forward. BYU needs big wins on the big stage to stay relevant, and by relevance, Jeremy and I are talking about getting ranked. UCLA was ranked 16th to open the season, but with a loss at Texas A&M dropped out, and with a loss at BYU, they would limp into Pac-12 play at 1-2. and two. Mm, That'd be wild. Not many Bruins would feel like eight clapping to that. Both teams <laughs> need this win. UCLA a three-and-a-half-point favorite. But BYU fans and players, coaches seem very, very confident. Let's discuss with today's Twitter question. Why do you expect BYU to beat UCLA on Saturday? Or do you? Oh, it's so dramatic, isn't it? (laughs) The home opener against the Bruins. Remember the last time UCLA came to Provo? I do remember that. That that was a heck of a game. Schmidt for 59-0. In fact, our first tweet is in from at James Lawler, 007, who says (laughs) he expects BYU to win because UCLA hasn't scored in Provo since 1995. Hashtag 59-0. Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Get ready to wipe off the snark on this one. UCLA hasn't scored a point in Provo in 21 years. <laughs> 21 years. It's been, well, oh. one, one game. But, yeah, it's fun, right? 21 years. <laughs> they had four quarters to do it in 2008. Yeah, time. And they couldn't do it. You know what's funny about that game? So David Nixon was a linebacker on that team. He told me this week that he – uh, with like three and a half minutes to go, he goes, oh, yeah, the game wasn't even over. And I took this, like, staged photo with the current sports information director at the time, and you could see the scoreboard in the background. They were so disengaged, just like, hey, let's take a photo. And they took a picture during the game. It was 59 to nothing. He sent me nothing. the picture, yeah. With three minutes left? That was, that was 2011 versus Utah. That was 2015 versus Utah reverse, right, where it's like everything's going 
BYU's way? This is unbelievable. It was crazy. In fact, you got me tickets to that game. Do you remember that? No. Not until I, this moment. I called well, you when I was I in Grand Junction, Colorado, yeah, yeah. and said, hey, I want to come to the BYU-UCLA game. Can you hook it up? And you're like, yeah, I think I can do that. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> hey, how about in five years we host a show together? Sound good? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Here we are, man. Here we are. Eight years later, BYU was another chance to beat UCLA in Provo. I anticipate it won't be 59 to nothing, but... I yeah. am confident that BYU will win. Are you confident, Jerem? Yes, I, I'm confident. I, I maintain my confidence in this team. Uh, I, I want the offense to wake up, and I think that this is a week where the offense can show what they're really made of more. Recall, I recall that Adam Hine had 149 rushing yards against this UCLA team last year, a UCLA team that produced uh, eight draft picks. And... They have a bunch of dudes, uh, you know, in the NFL now from that team. BYU, I think, can run the ball effectively with Jamal Williams. Now, he did not finish the game against Utah, so there's a question mark with his health. But all indications are that he's going to be okay. He tweeted such. I think that uh, Josh Rosen could have a chance to carve his way uh, through this game, but I think the BYU defense is good. So I expect BYU to compete and be in a position to win in this game. I, I'm not so far – I don't go so far as ex- saying I expect BYU to win because I think on, on paper this is a really good matchup. It is a good matchup, but I expect BYU to win. And you alluded to something that I want to bring back up. UCLA, number one. I'm going to give you three reasons why BYU is going to win this game. I can't wait for this because oh. there is no other team – it might even be more than Utah – that you get annoyed and riled up about than – the Bruins of UCLA out of Westwood. They're the most overhyped team in America. They've been to one Rose Bowl in two decades. No, not even two decades. It's been over two decades. Yet they are consistently in the top 20 and never finish in the top 20. What is with that? I, I'm not buying into it. They lost 10 players to the NFL. So, yes, they can recruit. They can get elite-level talent. They still can't win the Pac-12. With that elite talent. They lost 10 guys to the NFL off of last year's team. Seven of them on offense. Where is BYU strongest right now? On defense. The key is pressuring Josh Rosen. He's just like every other young quarterback when the pocket is caving in. Happy feet. UCLA is good, but overhyped ad nauseum. Number two, UCLA's defensive line is in rough shape. NFL prospect Eddie Vanderdose dealing with a lingering knee injury. Defensive end Tack McKinley suffering from a groin injury. Defensive end Dion Hollins has been slowed by a concussion. To quote Campus Insiders, a simple lack of bodies could hinder UCLA in this one. That's why I think BYU can run in this game. That bodes well for Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to mention the offensive line won't be under the duress they were facing against that Utah defensive front. This is, this is good news for BYU. I think they'll be able to establish a good push at the line of scrimmage, and that will help the rushing game, which will open everything up for Taysom Hill and play action in his receivers. Meanwhile, BYU has kind of cool out in the first half, and then uh, BYU's hoping you know Troy Warner plays this week. Um, that would be nice to get Troy Warner back. That position was picked on. Austin McChesney, Chris Wilcox. That's where Troy Warner would or could have been for BYU. And Josh Rosen, to me, is the best quarterback BYU will face all season. So this is, this is going to be a fun matchup between BYU's defense 
and UCLA's offense. Here's the game plan for the first half for BYU. Maintain ball. <laughs> okay? Maintain ball. Yes. Keep the Monte football. Ball. Keep it out of Josh Rosen's hands by sustaining long drives, and they'll be able to do that against a banged-up defensive front against UCLA. They'll be able to run the ball and run the clock. Number three, what has UCLA done this year to strike fear into me and suggest they will win in Provo in game number three? I really tried to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, okay, do they make? Are the, am I worried about what they bring to the table in Provo? No, I'm not. Josh Rosen is a good player, but he needs 21 other guys around him that can win in Game 3 in Provo. They looked very mediocre against Texas A&M. And they're breaking in a new offense, too. If this were Game Number 10, and we talked about this with Blaine Fowler yesterday, if this were Game Number 10, I would feel very different. Because Josh Rosen, 10 games into the season, is going to be much more polished in a new offense than Josh Rosen in Game Number 3. And so would BYU. Absolutely. But BYU has the benefit of being at home. They've won four home openers in a row, including victories over the likes of Texas, Houston, and Boise State. Those aren't exactly easy home openers. Yeah, UCLA is probably on par with uh, Texas and Boise State, right? Let's play the. I want to play the other side of this, too. So you felt confident going into Utah as well. Called for a 100% chance to win, right? Yes, and they and were that, one that was play close. away. Yeah, that was close. So you weren't that far off on that one. And then this, this UCLA team, albeit hyped, this team beat BYU last year. By one point yeah. on their home field with so, 10 NFL guys. So, 10! So there's that side of it. You can have as many NFL guys as you want, right? Um, BYU had what? Uh, just a, you know, a handful. A handful. At this point, just one, I think, right? Yes. With Bronson. Um are any of the other last year guys on uh, practice squads right now? Mitch We're Matthews waiting for... is on the practice squad. He hasn't officially been announced as such, but it's expected that he will be, right? Yes. Okay. This is why I like the matchup with UCLA, though, because UCLA is always hyped, right? And they come to Provo. Okay, let's take a step back and realize something. Remember, it's taken a while to get good home games for BYU and Independence. This is year six of that. So UCLA and Mississippi State will be at home. Next year, Wisconsin and Utah at home. The fruits of having to be independent and go on the road are, are this is one of those games that is awesome in independence. Now, I'd prefer to play Oklahoma and Texas in the coming seasons in conference play. But right now, this is one of those great games. And I think that this is a good matchup. And there's going to be a ton of juice in the stadium for Brigham oh my goodness. in Kalani Satake's home opener. It's going to be fun. Not to mention, this is the first time in almost two years that Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams will be playing a game in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I had totally forgotten that point. That is a fantastic point. It's going to be nuts! I love how Josh Rosen said, yeah, I won't really notice the crowd at Texas A&M. Uh, I know they're loud, but I won't notice. He noticed to the tune yeah. of three interceptions. And he'll notice in Provo. You make sure of that, BYU Sports Nation. Make Josh Rosen hear the crowd. He says anything over 50 sounds the same. There's going to be 64 loud and proud on Saturday. Let's go, man. Striped! Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Why do you expect BYU to beat UCLA on Saturday, or do you? Coming up, Jennifer Rockwood of sixth-ranked BYU women's soccer. The head coach is in the house. But first, hang around for BYU football's Butch Pau. Donnie Poo is bringing it. <laughs> 
BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Tell us, why do you expect BYU to beat UCLA on Saturday? Or do you? Use the hashtag BYUSN to reply. Hey, we'll get you ready for that game against UCLA Saturday night, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV's one-hour live pregame show. From Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Spencer Linton hosts that with David Nixon, Brian Logan, Dave McCann, and Blaine Fowler up in the booth. Lauren Frankham on the field, so we'll have everything covered for you. Watch the Cougars warm up on the field as well. It's going to be awesome. Check it out, 9 p.m. Eastern time, Saturday night. A few tweets in answering our question today. Why do you expect BYU to beat UCLA on Saturday, or do you? At Matt Quad Dad, the frozen one, Josh Rosen, will have a couple of meetings with Mr. Pau and will no longer want to play football. Oh, my goodness. That's, uh, yeah, Joe Williams of Utah, if you missed it, one of the running backs. He decided to retire from football yesterday. And Kylie Fitz, one of their defensive stars, injured as well. Last year, BYU played against UCLA, and Miles Jack tore his ACL the next Practice. In practice. Yeah. The next practice. Yeah, that's right. His final collegiate play was against BYU intercepting Tanner Mangum. Last year's game was such a good match. BYU led for that entire game and then allowed a drive, uh, you know, to a, a game-winning score and then came back and there was a pick at the end from Tanner Mangum to Miles Jack. That was such a good game. BYU, the first two weeks, like last year, emotionally exhausted maybe to some point to where the game's in the last 20 seconds. I think being at home in game three it's going to help. will add – Maybe the juice BYU needs to get over the top. I love the matchup. I love that it's at home. I love that Taysom Mill and Jamal Williams are back. I love the way the defense is playing. This, this will be an exciting Saturday. At Twiggy or Stone says, we have a good chance to win because of defense. Offense needs to take a few steps forward. That will be the key to the rest of the season. Let them play at home. This they opened with two Power 5 opponents away from Provo. Let them have a home game. If BYU scores in the teens and loses this game, there is some cause for concern. But let's play it out and see if BYU can't get into the high 20s, low 30s and win the game. Anchoring the BYU defense right now in terms of tackles and in terms of smiling is Butch Pau, <laughs> middle linebacker who is undersized but is an absolute bulldog and brings some pop. He had such a good game that Jeremy and I decided to talk to him again this week to preview the home opener against UCLA. Two-on-one with Butch Pau at BYU football practice. All right, Butch, a week later, and Donnie? here we How's are How's it going, again. Donnie? Good. How are you guys? Good, Donnie. Oh, don't do that to him. <laughs> don't do that, especially after the game he had against you. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, he's just going to smile anyway. <laughs> exactly. What's up with you popping people and just smiling the whole time? I love it. I, I don't know. I think it's just funny that I get to lay someone out and – I mean, they're on the floor, and they're slowly getting up, and I just find enjoyment out of it for some reason. <laughs> I don't think it's a good thing, but it's part of the game, yeah? So I, I loved it. Yeah, Cy Tautu just looked at you while, while you were doing the group interview with a bunch of reporters over there and said, yeah, he's crazy. He's, he's crazy. He's got a smile on his face the whole game. You have to be a little crazy to play middle linebacker, though, right? Yes, you do. I mean, if you watch the movie The Waterboy, he's the greatest linebacker ever because of how crazy he was. So you got to do it. you just got to do it. It's part of the game. That's your motivation for middle linebacker? No, I don't think it is. But Bobby Boucher. <laughs> I mean, he's a good example. He's a good example. That so. he is. One and one through two games, the defense has been dynamite, to say the least. I mean, you really only give up 13 points against Utah. You gave up 16 against Arizona. But now you take on a UCLA team that features one of the premier quarterbacks in the country, in uh, Josh Rosen. So what happens next for the BYU defense? I think for us it's just making sure that we stay assignment sound. We saw that against Arizona the first half. 
they weren't able to get very many passes off. We held them to 53, 58 plays, and that's something that just doesn't happen for their kind of offense. Um, we saw that Utah wasn't able to move, down, move the ball down the field, and that they were able to get field goals. I mean, they got one touchdown, but that was a lucky one. We'll make sure it doesn't happen again. But Coach Itake has reiterated to us that that's still not us. He believes that we can hold teams to even under 10 points or even just one touchdown. So I think for us, the focus of this week is making sure that everyone is sound defensively from the defensive line to the linebackers and to the secondary. Because if we can take care of that, we'll be able to give Josh Rosen some, some confusion. Some turnovers are just lucky. That first pick six bounces off of Aleva Hifo right into the hands of the guy who runs it back. Like, but others are purposeful. You strip it out. You make a great play interception. What's the conversation like from Coach Tuiaki with you guys about turnovers? Because you're second in the country with eight. I uh, didn't even know that. Thank you. I think it just goes to credit to um, the coaches teaching us how to be in the right position at the right time with their play calling and us being able to execute what they tell us to do. Um, Kai was in perfect position because of the coverage that we were in a few times. Francis, um, Bernard and Harvey Long had great strips. Francis on the very first play and that just goes to us making sure that we take care of it here on the practice field because we know that how we practice is how we'll perform. What are you doing in practice to kind of create that atmosphere of we're going to get the ball? Like we're, we're ball hawks and we're going to rip that thing away. How do you, how do, you do that? Uh, I think something that Kai has mentioned this past year is that we're here to take over the country and make sure that we are perfect in everything and in interceptions and being able to ship the ball and being assignment sound. Kai has mentioned that he wants to be a, have a perfect defense as a senior. And so whenever we're on the field, we always just remind each other that it's time to be perfect because if we can be perfect here on the practice field, we're going to be okay in the games. No kind of cool the first half after the targeting call. What kind of adjustments defensively, if any, will the team have to make? Um, as of now, we feel like we're fine. We feel like everything's going to be okay because we feel like the guys behind us can come up and show up and play and do the, I don't know, the same things that Kai can, but they can do their roles as safeties. Um, we'll, we're just going to have to rely on them because we know that they can and that they have the ability to be able to play that position, which is why they're here. So we're just going to trust them and let them do what they do and not put any pressure on them. I heard from another of your teammates that when you hit somebody, it's the loudest pop on the field. And so when he's trailing plays, it's like, man, I, just, it, I almost feel like I have to cover my ears because Butch <laughs> is flying around all over the place. You, you kind of sound like you're a bulldog. So what, what, is, what happens in your mind? Because you're super nice and funny and laid back, and then, then you get a little crazy on the field. What happens? I don't know if I get crazy on the field. I just I'm a little more focused. I know that I can't be as happy all the time on the field. But, I mean, when I have the opportunity to go through a hole and I see the running back coming, it's a smile just because it's one-on-one. -on -one. And, I mean, when I was a young kid, my dad made sure that I won every one-on-one -on -one matchup, even though I did lose most of them. But <laughs> I paid for it afterwards. So now it's just the mentality of I'm taking you out instead of you taking me out. Is someone saying don't smile? No. No, okay. that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> you think you should smile less? I think it's part of who you are, right? I think it is, but maybe on the field, not as much. I mean, after big plays and celebrating, yes, we can. But I think for me, just being able to focus a lot more because we're in that kind of situation where it's a real game, that is probably a lot better. When Kalani Satake was going crazy over the Kai Nakua targeting call, what was it like for you to look over there and see that and, and what when did you notice he was going nuts 
Well, first, my, my whole thing was I was just scared that, like, his tongue inside was going to come out and he was just going to start swinging at everyone. But it didn't. It didn't. He was okay. He managed to just keep control and keep composure. But he did kind of get heated just at the call. And that kind of motivated us, knowing that our coach is right there to support us. Um, even after we got off the field, he came up to us and was like, you guys, I'm here for you. And so it's always nice to have a coach continue to re re reiterate that to us and let us know that, I mean, he loves us so much that he's going to defend our case whenever. Now, you described to us before we started rolling in this interview that you're the happy one, Francis is the angry one, and Fred's kind of somewhere in between. <laughs> but you said it, it works well together. Why, did, why is it that it works well together on the field between you three linebackers? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think what's nice is you have Fred, who is really mobile at his position. He can cover. He can fill. He can tackle. You have Francis, who's someone come, that comes from the running back field, and he can move as well as Fred. And then you just, I mean, you have me who is just someone who's there to hit. So what's nice is we all mesh well together because we all can help each other out in being able to fulfill our assignments. And if someone misses an assignment, we're there to make that assignment well by making the tackle. So, Butch, we wish you the best of luck against UCLA. Keep that smile, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Butch Pau, two-on-one from the BYU football practice. Nine tackles against Arizona, <laughs> nine tackles it. against Utah. And that, that, how do you not smile at that video? He just, it, it looks like he's having so much fun on the field. Well, yeah, when you smash your opponent and it's your rival, <laughs> as he said, they're on the ground and I'm not. <laughs> and they find enjoyment out of that. I love Butch Pau. So he was kind of a quiet name, right? Out of high school, he was a nice recruit for BYU. There oh, was he a was lot a of talk about yeah. him. Yep. Then uh, played sparingly last year. It went on his mission, played sparingly last year. And then this fall, they couldn't keep him off the field. They moved Harvey Longy from middle linebacker to defensive end. And now Butch Pau is the leading tackler on this team and middle linebacker with nine tackles in each game. Perhaps Butch Pau is a big reason why a lot of BYU fans expect BYU to beat UCLA on Saturday. Maybe you don't. Let's answer some tweets and go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At 86 WI Coog, no expectations. Hope defense continues to shine and special teams remain special. Jake Oldright has been fantastic, as has Johnny Linehan. Uh, aside from Johnny Linehan's 19-yard punt that one time, I think that he's been really good. Uh, BYU forced a fumble on one. Uh, BYU does need to get kickoffs into or through the end zone. That is a that is an issue. Uh, although if BYU strategically wants to hold them within the 20, then yeah, don't put it in the back of the end zone. But I'm not sure BYU has a guy right now to do that. But I think special teams are good. The defense has been really good. The offense, I think, is is uh, prone to wake up soon. And I think that that is this week. I th I think Jamal Williams has a big game against UCLA, and the dude finally scores a touchdown. How does he not have a touchdown through two games? I don't know, because he's huh? been so dynamic. Yeah. At Zach Edmonds, 94. Chosen Rosen doesn't like being blitzed, and BYU will bring the heat. Watch the film against Texas A&M, and against BYU last year for that matter. When you can put him under some pressure, he turns into every other young quarterback in college football. Yeah, he's, like, he's made poor decisions under pressure where he's throwing the ball into – into garbage situation. Still on the way, BYU women's soccer coach Jen Rockwood in studio. They're rising in the top 10. Plus, more BYU football with Director of Player Personnel Jack DeMooney. He does a backflip on camera, kind of. 
Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Mark your calendars for women's volleyball. They're ranked ninth in the country. They play Utah coming up Thursday night, tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time. Spencer Linton on the call with Kristen Kozlowski and Jason Shepard. It's BYU-Utah. Enough said. Yes. Payback for the one-point loss in Salt Lake. (laughs) Three sets. Sweet. Oh, MC Hammer going to bring it. Women's volleyball team's good. Check them out. They're good. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. Today, day three of preparation for BYU football as they open up at home against UCLA on Saturday night. Countdown to kickoff live at 9 Eastern. Men's basketball news. Yes, Spencer. The men's basketball team will open the season on Monday, November 14th against Ivy League Heralded Institution of Academics and Research, Princeton. Should be a compelling and rich matchup, Spencer. Yeah, crush the Tigers. (laughs) The BYU-Hawaii game, which was the season opener on the 11th of November, will now be on the 9th, and that will be an exhibition game. BYU women's soccer up to number six in the latest NSCAA poll. The Cougars play at Utah State Saturday. Head coach Jennifer Rockwood will join us in about 10 minutes. And the men's golf team won the USF Olympic Intercollegiate Championship. So they already have a championship, which is fantastic. Freshman Rhett Rasmussen in his first tournament for the Cougars led the team with a one-under third-place finish. I do want to correct something I said earlier on the show, that BYU might be playing three exhibitions. It's just two. They've taken Westminster off. The schedule, they'll play uh, the Cougar tip-off on the 26th, boom shakalak on the 21st, by the way, of October. October 29th, Seattle Pacific in an exhibition, BYU-Hawaii November 9th, and then they'll open the season on Monday against the Princeton Tigers. If any of you have not had the privilege of witnessing a Jack DeMooney interview, then I would highly encourage you to pay close attention to what's about to happen on BYU Sports Nation. The director of player personnel for BYU football is highly entertaining. He has a huge personality and loves to drop the I am Jack DeMooney hashtag (laughs) whenever he feels like it. We're two-on-one with Jack DeMooney after BYU football practice. Coach, it's great to be back with you uh, post-practice. Hashtag I am Jack DeMooney. Hashtag I am Jack the Mooney. Coming to you live, Sports Nation. My boys in the house. It's like tape, but yeah, okay. Okay, okay. All right. Like I said, we're we're happy to be back. Okay. All right. It's I'm always, glad to be here with you guys. It's always entertaining and uh, motivating to be around Jack the Mooney. Let's talk about the morale of this team and this coaching staff specifically following a heartbreaking one point loss to Utah, but Kalani is a master optimist and he said, Look, that's just who I am and that's the way that I'm gonna approach things. So how is morale of the team and the staff right now after a tough loss? You know, um, honestly, you, Kalani he always lets you know, the morale of the team is really, really some uh, real great. You know, Kalani he he tells the boys, you know, that he can go home after a game and his wife and kids will never know if he lost the game. You know, so when he tells the boys that, that just lets them know how he, you know, how he conducts himself after after he loses the game, and and they follow after his lead, and and you know the the overall morale in in the, in the team locker room and with the staff, we, you know, we, it's time to move on to the next game. You know, if you ponder that the game that we uh, we just played against Utah, you know, it's going to be hard play, uh, taking on the next week, but. You know, everybody. You know, even during the game, uh, in, in in tight situation, everything is just calm. 
you know, and, and you was on the sideline with me, and I, I told you that same thing. Everything is calm, you know. So the, the same calmness it prevails in the locker room. It prevails throughout uh, throughout the team. You know, you just look at the boys, and you can tell. So that's what he tells us, and 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 you can see it. it, it you know, this week on the field, it's, it's it's as if we nothing nothing happened that you know, like the loss didn't happen because we just go on to the next game. So. Yeah, there was a moment in the game where Kalani wasn't uh, as calm. He was pretty fired up, uh, which I think the fans really loved. What? How did the team react to that moment? Man, that that was a very um, that was a, a learning point for everybody in Cougar Nation because that just showed everybody how much he loves his players, and that did, and 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 by him doing that, you know, it also at that same time when we went for the two point conversion, it showed his players how much confidence he had in them. So that was a learning lesson for everybody, including us. I mean, we knew it all the time, but but on his first game against Utah, for him to do that, man, that showed his players how much he loved them and it fired them up. And I was fired up too, man. I wanted to throw a shoulder pad on and go up there and play for him right away. You know? <laughs> Elisa Tuiaki said, you know, people are making a big deal about that moment, but he's like, I just looked at it and was like, Kalani is just being Kalani. I mean, that's that's who he is and what he does. And so maybe we don't see as much of that, but it's it's more prevalent uh, when you're around him full time. Yes, it is. It is. And and I'm going to tell you guys this: the his highest priority is his players. So he'll do he he won't talk about anything else but his players. Taking care of his players is the number one thing that he likes to do. And it doesn't didn't surprise me that he did that on that night because. That's all he cares about is his players and everything else falls under the players. So, With the new staff, you kind of have an idea of how this is going to play out when the season starts. Now that we're in week three, how can, has it played out with this new staff and, and the uh, personnel? Everybody knows their role, you know, we, we, and, and we do it real well. We add a little flavor to it, you know, because Kalani's a fun guy. So, you only, like I always say, we only emulate, emulate your coach, and that's what the type of person he is. And so we, we try to be like that. Uh, the coaches, they do the same thing too. So even, you know, us directors, we, we try to make it fun. And, and the atmosphere around the office is, is, is something that, you know, everybody feels welcome when they come into the office. And so it, it's been real fun. It's been a great ride. And, and, and that's what's going to continue throughout the season no matter what. You know, we want to continue doing that and show everybody that, you know, hey, we can play football, but we also are fun and loving uh, people the defense has been lights out through two games. And statistics show that, just the, the on-field product. The offense is a work in progress, and Ty Detmer is the first to say that, and Kalani is right there with him. What are realistic expectations for BYU's offense early in the season coming home against UCLA? I think we're going to have a breakout game. Personally, you know, that's what I think. Why you do know? you feel that way? Because, you know, these, these first two games were, were – were games that we, we uh, were able to really practice uh, uh, on the field or play on, uh, do what we practice on the field. But I think the boys are going to feel more calm, uh, more at home, you know, more, more confidence at home playing in front of our home fans. So, you know, there's going to be a, uh, I think we're going to have, the offense is going to do real well. And they have been doing well. I love watching our offense go out there and play, you know. So this game, I think we're going to do real well. How much juice do you expect to be in Lavelle Edwards Stadium Saturday night? Man, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so psyched for that 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 um, that game because this is my first game I ever ever since I left um, Provo when I graduate. 
it's my first football game that I that I came, I'm coming home to, and and you know being on the field is going to be unbelievable, especially being able to witness the Rock. <laughs> Personally, the Rock, you guys, you guys are the best. I'll tell you, no other cheering section in in uh, Division One football like the Rock. Hashtag I am the Mo- Jack the Moody loves you guys, man. <laughs> Are we going to have any fun, crazy I am Jack DeMuni moments Are you going to trade before the game? Uh, Yeah. I got something something, uh, coming up for you, uh, our our fans here on BYU. So (laughs) on my Twitter, I always do my countdown, but this one's going to be a special countdown. (laughs) But I'm looking forward to it. And so make sure you guys tune into Jack DeMuni's Twitter page. You guys are going to see what I'm talking about. (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) And, 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 please... Wear your good luck blue suit. Wear your good luck white suit. White suit? I don't. Does Jeremy? Do you have a white suit? Uh, I haven't worked in the temple yet, so I don't have. Do you want to borrow mine? I have. A, I have kind of a mostly white suit. Well, I'll be in the building. I won't need to wear a suit. <laughs> okay, you don't, you yeah, don't know yeah, that. That's cool, okay. Cool. That's right, okay. Right, right. So, sorry for. Can I? So, well, just, just be there. That's all you gotta <laughs> do. Is just be there. Yeah. BYU football, man. We're coming to you live <laughs> Saturday. He's rolling. He's rolling. UCLA. <laughs> Hashtag I am Moon. He's going to be there. When the flag come out, you're going to see me getting all hyper, getting all excited for the game. You guys better make sure you guys do the same. Yeah, let's uh, let's just go ahead and end now. Yeah, let's end on that. Let's end on that. Yeah, that was good. Okay. Let's end on that. We're, we're done. <laughs> Thanks, okay. Jack. All right. Want me to do a backflip? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait. Wait. That's it. Ready? No. Tell me when. <laughs> that's the worst backflip i've ever seen in my life <laughs> like like a a reverse I I Mooney, a reverse cartwheel <laughs> do you want to see me do a backflip i love jack demoni he is so fun he is so fun <laughs> he doesn't care i love it you're like i don't have a white suit he's like whatever just show up yeah let's go let's i am jack demoni do it Want to see me do a backflip coming to you live <laughs> Some backflip, Jack. Last time he was on here, he did the lightning dab. Remember? The lightning dab will go so, down in BYU Sports Nation yeah, history. That was one of the great. That was the 28th greatest moment in BYU Sports Nation history. We made a list, one to a thousand. Why do you expect BYU to beat UCLA on Saturday, or do you? I know Jack DeMooney does. Up next, let's rock the house with Jen Rockwood. Yeah. Her team is up to number six in the top ten BYU women's soccer rolling. Crushing it. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B. If you happen to miss an episode of BYUSN Live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you happen to miss or you want to watch again after further review from last night, you can watch it right after the show at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Today, the guys break down BYU in Utah, Set the stage for BYU and UCLA, the home opener. Check it out right after the show, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Featuring the one who dubbed Josh Rosen, the frozen Rosen, Brian Logan. Bri- the the realist, Brian Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Love Brian. Remember how he attacked Rob Daniel yeah. yesterday? Yeah, so we so after we finished the Pau and uh, Jack DeMooney backflip, uh, we walked back. And we see in the halls a picture of Rob Daniel. So I tweeted out, hey, I see a Brian, I see a picture of Rob Daniel. Where's your picture? Yeah, uh, an NFL picture of Rob Daniel. And he tweeted, oh, Bronco must have taken it with him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Why do you expect BYU football to beat UCLA on Saturday? Or do you chime in using the hashtag BYUSN? More importantly, let's talk about one of the two top ten teams on campus right now at Brigham Young University. Sixth ranked BYU soccer rolling right yeah. now. Jennifer Rockwood, the head coach in Studio B. Coach, welcome back. 
Thanks, guys. I know it was a long trip for you getting home yesterday, but it had to be an enjoyable, enjoyable trip because you're you're coming off a three to nothing win against the 19th ranked team in the country at their place. Wins at Ohio State and at Penn State. What in the world is going so well for BYU? Yeah, the Cougs are rolling. We're, uh, we're doing really well. It was such an exciting game. Uh, you know, I've been looking forward to this game for a long time. Um, never been out to Ohio State. They got off to a great start, so we know it's going to be a huge RPI game, a team that's ranked uh, on the road, uh, and the girls are really up for the challenge. We had a ton of Cougar fans come out and support us. I felt like it was at least half and half, so it yeah, almost felt that. like a home game beautiful facilities and I uh, got off to a great start and and um, you know it always makes the trip home a lot better when you win for sure especially that long one what happened after the Nebraska game to get this team uh, to where it's at now because you've had three shutouts and you've scored at least uh, three goals in four of the last five yeah, well, you know, we came out of Nebraska for our first home opener, and we were just so flat and really surprised. And as a coaches, coaches, we were kind of confused. It was hard to kind of be mad and upset, but we were just a little confused about, you know, kind of the energy level of the girls because they have worked so hard and they've been training so well. And we just think it was a little bit of pressure, you know, a little bit too much pressure. You know, they were trying to do everything we've asked them to do, and sometimes you just get overloaded on too much information. You're trying to be perfect, and and you know, soccer or every sport, you're never going to play perfect. So. We just tried to lighten their load a little bit and said, you know what? It's just we're going to forget about it. Let's move on. You guys know what we need to do as coaches. We just need to stand back and encourage now. I think they have a lot of the information that they need. And um, we had some great practices, and now we just kept building and building and building. And come to find out, Nebraska's doing pretty well. They're 6-2 and two right now. You know, it's still a game that we felt we should have uh, – uh, taken care of but at the same time it's something that has kind of boosted our momentum and mm -hmm. maybe it was a good thing Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos has scored five goals in I think the last two weeks she did not play in that game against Nebraska mm -hmm. and I don't know if you can pinpoint it on one player or one thing yeah. but she plays at another speed and that energy level just kind of naturally comes with her so Maybe that factored into it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, sure, it could have. You know, when you've got your captain, your team leader, your most experienced player, um, you know, not and not having her available, you know, that that's something. But I think you know, it never comes down to one or two players, uh, especially in soccer when there's eleven of them out there and you rely so much on your bench. But again, you you know, you don't know why things uh, happen, and and we just want to try and make the most from those situations, learn as best we can. You always learn more when you struggle and when you uh, you know don't get the result that you felt you should have. Um, and, and move forward. And that's what the girls have been able to do. And we're just addressing each game with some things that we do well and some things that we need to get a little bit sharper at. And uh, it's worked for us right now. So, you know, we'll just keep doing the same thing, keep rolling. Rachel Boaz was one of the best goalkeepers in the country last mm -hmm. year. Then she hurts her hand against Penn State. And Hannah Clark has three straight shutouts now. Mm-hmm. How nice is that to have the backup be yeah. that good? Uh, yeah, Hannah has just been playing outstanding. There's there's no question. When Rach got hurt in Penn State, you know, when she came out, you could tell her hand was broken. And, you know, you, you feel bad for her. But at the same time, I felt very comfortable. I just turned to Hannah and said, let's go. You're in. And she's like, I got it. And, uh, you know, Hannah's been preparing for three years. Hannah's one of our leaders on the team. Even though she hasn't played a lot of significant minutes, she leads these girls every day in practice. She works so hard. She's had an amazing attitude. You know, when, when Rach transferred in and having to support, you know, a, a new starter, she's just done an amazing job. She's all about the team. And for her to be able to, to go out on the field and perform at the level that she's playing at against the competition is huge. She kept us in the game. We lost some momentum in Ohio State uh, towards the end of the first half and she made a couple saves that just you know 
they were all the difference in the game for sure. Jennifer Rockwood, the head coach of sixth-ranked BYU women's soccer with us in Studio B. We gave Hannah Clark a new nickname. Yeah. We have dubbed her the Grim Keeper. Okay, <laughs> that came from one of our Twitter followers. I think yeah. it was Reed Beatsy. Yeah. Reed Beatsy. Where goal scorers' dreams go to die. Okay? That's you, are fantastic. you cool with that? I'm cool with that. It's funny because Hannah is the nicest, happiest, <laughs> uh, funnest girl to be around. So, yeah, that, that's perfect. Uh, Ashley Hatch uh, has been off to an amazing start. The nation leading nine goals. Mm-hmm. I joked, hey, pass the ball. You know, jokingly. <laughs> Have you right. had a discussion about um, how to balance her extreme skill with, okay, the, the needs of the offense, you want to score. It doesn't really matter where it comes from, but mm-hmm. uh, how to use her in the best way. Oh, uh, for sure. When Ashley got hurt last year, obviously at All-American, our leading goal scorer uh, got hurt last year. We had to kind of change the way we attacked it. It made us better, um, actually, going through that process. And now the way that Murphy and Elena and Nadia and, our, and Busy, our attack is playing, now Ashley's been able to come into that better attacking system, and we're being able to create a lot better opportunities for her to score now. She's not having to, to create her own shot from clear outside. We also realize we don't score many goals from outside the box, which is where a lot of shots from Ashley have come the last few years. So, um, you know, Nadia's got five, six assists. Um, she's involved in everything that's going on, even though she hasn't scored. But um, the, the attack looks so great. The goals we scored against Ohio State, again, were amazing. You know, they're two and three passes inside the box um, and setting, setting up Ashley and Murphy and Elena for some easy, easier opportunities. These are beautiful build-up goals yes you know and uh, we've pointed that out on the broadcast it's it's fun to watch BYU scoring a ton of goals but now you're done with the power five part of your schedule you got Utah State uh, on Saturday night how do you keep it rolling against the Aggies um, you, you know, we talked about when we came back from Penn State, you know, going from Nebraska to performing as we did at Penn State. Now it's about consistency, especially in soccer when one shot can determine the outcome of a game. You just you just have to battle for 90 minutes. Um, and so we want to be consistent, consistent in our energy, consistent in what we're trying to accomplish on the field, getting better with each game. You know, Utah State coming up, it's always a tough game. You know, it doesn't matter how well. It's kind of like Utah. It's an in-state game, a rivalry-type game. Um, that We know they're going to be awesome against us, and uh, we just have to be consistent and prepare for them as if we were playing another P5 school because the reality is the result against Utah means just as much as a result against Ohio State. In soccer, 20 games makes all the difference. One game can cost you a potential seed, a potential opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament, so there's no time to not play at your highest level. Saturday, 6 Eastern, on the road against Utah State. And it, last year was an 87th minute Busy Phillips from distance goal that <laughs> won it. So, 55 yeah, yards at home. Goal. So, yeah, it mm-hmm. could be a tough game. All right, Jen, great to talk to you. Congratulations on all of your success. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the road on Saturday. Love it. it it's worked. Have you signed our new flag? New flag? Um, I think I'm up there somewhere, maybe at the beginning. There oh, you yeah, there she is. You might okay. want my signature on there twice. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, no, just <laughs> this team can go like this. That's right. Sign it as many times as you yeah, want. We need your karma. We, we need the karma. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Jen. Thanks. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, a loaded Cougar whip around and Jerem's Princeton voice one more time. Yeah, it's the intellectuals. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let us whip it, Spencer. It's time for the Cougar whip around. Football. Today's day three of preparation for UCLA in the home opener Saturday. Countdown to kickoff is live on game day at 9 Eastern time. 
Men's basketball. Wait, you should do this one again. BYU will open the season, Spencer, on Monday, November 14th against the Ivy League traditional power, Princeton. Yes. <laughs> the BYU-Hawaii game will now be an exhibition on November 9th, by the way. Soccer. It's the way you say, yes. <laughs> BYU women's soccer jumped one spot up to number six in the NSCAA poll. The Cougars at Utah State Saturday, 6 Eastern. Golf. The men's team won the USF Olympic Intercollegiate Championship, so I guess they get a gold medal? Question mark? Woo. Freshman Rhett Rasmussen led the team with a one-under third-place finish. Ladies took fourth place in the Mercedes-Benz Collegiate Championship in Knoxville, Tennessee. Rose Huang is still good, so is Kendra Dalton. They finished tied for 10th place. Cougars in the minors! Michael Rucker's Eugene Emeralds took the Northwestern League Championship. Congrats to him, and Adam Law also went 1-3 for three for the Jackson Generals in the playoffs. He hit a home run yesterday. Cougars in the NFL. Jacob Heaps is back with the Seattle Seahawks on their practice squad. Go Hawks, baby! Ah! Future guests, Matt Stevens of the UCLA radio broadcast. Ronnie Jones-Perry, sophomore outside hitter of ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball. And Yogi Roth, who was awesome last time he was on the show. And he just broke down BYU-Utah on film, had some great things to say on Twitter. We're going to ask him about that and what he anticipates between BYU and UCLA this Saturday night. Absolutely. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Jared? Robert Bowlesby gets the Rise and Shout, Spencer. Thank you. Thank you. Why do you expect BYU to beat UCLA on Saturday? Or do you? Let's go to the... (laughs) Dramatic Square. Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Andy Splats, because going 1-2 and two in the Pac-12 South really hurts BYU's ranking in the Big 12 expansion candidates poll. You laugh. That's a real thing that people do. <laughs> that's, like, a great, that's a great the tweet. candidates, BYU's ranked four, blah, blah, blah. That's a great tweet. At Ty Scott Jensen, I expect BYU to win because we are home and we need to beat them after choking the game away last year. Did <laughs> you? That's, that's rough. BYU um, led the entire game. I, verbiage. I see his point. Yeah. Our elite tweet yes. of the day. At BYU LASF Jazz. Going to the game this Saturday, and I just want to see the repeat of UCLA's last visit to LES. My wife just wants cotton candy. Hey, one of those two would be great, right? Thanks to Butch, Paolo, Jack DeMuni, Jennifer Rockwood, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. We're on demand. BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Gary Nagy. BYU Sports Station back to work tomorrow after further review is up next. Yeah, Spencer. The-